You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and I think it might be their first tour of Canada is about to happen, and that's the High Kings. Now, I know the members may have travelled to Canada in different capacities over the years, but I think it may be their first tour visit as the High Kings. And the High Kings are Finbar Clancy, Darren Holden, Brian Dunphy, and the newest member, Paul O'Brien. And they were formed originally in June 2007. And when Brian, Darren and Finbar and the former member, Martin Fury, were asked to join a new, a brand new Irish ballad group by David Kavna, after he had noticed a gap in the market for a brand specialising in traditional Irish music. And I've been familiar with the, the High Kings for a number of years in their music, and I have some of it in the library. We've shared it on the air and uh, on the stream. And I have Darren Holden with me. And Darren, Gormila Mahagat, Talfacha Roth, it's great to have you here. Thanks a million for taking the time. Thank you, Austin. Lovely to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> We won't talk about the ironies at the moment, but uh, so you're heading into Canada. Is it your first t- tour as the High Kings to cross the border? Yeah, it is actually. Um, collectively, yeah, we've all been there in various capacities, like you were saying, um, on our own. But collectively, yeah, this would be the first full Canadian sort of appearance for the band. You know, we've we've dipped in and out here and there just to do sort of corporate events over the years, but never properly doing um, a proper run of dates, you know. So we're really excited, very much looking forward to it, and uh, there seems to be a nice little buzz happening, you know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, that's what we love to see before we get to a place. We like to see, see and hear about the buzz. I know you're starting in Newfoundland, and that is a, a, a real hub, uh, and there's a real strong link. And particularly given that you're from the southeast and some of you, the others are southeast, of course, there's a great connection between Newfoundland and the southeast. Yeah, um, I mean, we've been, we've been to St. John's a few times, times now um uh, but, but the first time i got there i actually was describing it to people at home and um i said like if you were to go to sleep and wake up in st john's and nobody told you where you were going you'd be convinced you were still at home you know it, it was just bizarre to me because i was like someone's having a laugh here everybody i spoke to i was saying where are you from they were like well, from here yeah. and i was like yeah but where are you from in ireland no 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 i'm not from ireland it was the funniest thing well, we love them, and people are great, fantastic people. And of course, the names as well, when you get down the southern shore, it's Power, O'Brien, Hearn, um, yeah, you know... you Waterford Connection or something, yeah. Yeah, it's a real Waterford Connection, it is indeed. So after that, I know you're taking your first visit then into Ontario. But before we talk about that, a bit about the band, and it says there that you were being formed... Uh, brought together uh, as an Irish ballad group. I know some of the family heritage of uh, some of the guys, for example, Brian, his dad... Uh, would have been very much a balladeer. Yeah. Ballads would traditionally have been, in the Irish context, performed by solo singers, would they not? So to bring four guys together was a bit unusual. Yeah, I, I think it was. And um, the late Dave Kavanagh, um, who brought us all together, he knew us all individually again, but he had an idea that uh, four singers collectively, um, from kind of different backgrounds as well, together singing all those old songs and maybe writing some new ones, moving it forward. He thought that there was something to be had from that. He felt that there was a niche in the market and an opening at the time, which was around 2008. And uh, I loved the idea. He called me. I was I was living in Florida at the time, and he called me up and he said, will you come home next week for a meeting? And I said, yeah, of course. And initially I thought he wanted to do something with myself. Um, so when he sat me down in Dublin and he explained to me what the, the concept was, sort of a ballot group for the new millennium, I, w- I was intrigued. So I sort of signed on on the spot, you know what I mean? And I knew it was going to be something interesting. 
And then when I heard who else was involved, I mean, I had worked with Brian Dunphy before we did Riverdance on Broadway about 20 years ago. And I knew of Finbar and I knew of Martin at the time. Um, but we'd never collectively, outside of myself and Brian, we had never collectively worked together. So it was intriguing. But when we got together, it seemed to really, really work. And it seemed to click very, very instantly. And we felt good about it. And uh, we picked we picked the songs we think people wanted to hear, you know, songs that maybe hadn't been done in a while, um, like Go, Last You Go, in a, in a kind of a grand form, you know, Parting Glass, Black Velvet Band, all that stuff, Rocky Road to Dublin. And it just, pure luck, I think, and pure timing at the time we were signed to EMI in America, it just clicked immediately and charted at number two within the first two weeks. And we thought, wow, there's definitely right. something in this. So the people spoke and... and uh, 15 years later, we've still somehow managed to uh, survive everything that's been thrown at us, and we're still around uh, touring America and going into Canada. So, who knows? And Darren, when you saw, coming from different backgrounds, you um, starred as the piano man, Billy Joel, in the award-winning... Yeah. So, a totally different type of genre than what you guys are doing. And when I look at the bios of the other guys as well, the genres would be, again, very eclectic. Yeah, there's a lot of different things going on there. I mean, yeah, the Billy Joel thing. That's actually the last time I performed properly in Canada, in Toronto. We were there for about three months, I think. And uh, But funnily enough, Billy used to come out, and uh, when, he'd, when he'd come out to see the shows, him and I used to sit, sit around and we'd sing Irish songs. He loved Irish music. So that was the thing. We'd be sitting away from everybody else, and he'd be telling me every girl who broke his heart was Irish. And I used to always be messing going, I'm going to write that song one of these days. That's a great chorus. You know, and uh, but that was the thing, you know, I mean, for him being who he is, he loved Irish music. And sometimes I felt he liked it a little bit better than rock and roll. So um, but yeah, and then Brian, Brian had been doing, um, as I said, he did Riverdance with me. Brian would be more sort of uh, like a, a stage vocalist. You know, he's a big, big uh, kind of a show voice, you know, um, and Finbar would have come, of course, from the the ballads and the folk. And Martin would have grown up with his dad, Finbar. Um so there was a bit of everything. I think myself, probably, I brought the, maybe the more commercial end of things to the band and the bit sort of where I was going to, you know, let's not just stick to one sort of formula, but maybe try a few other things along the way. And we'll, we'll, we'll know fairly quick if it doesn't work. But it's trial and error. But uh, again, that's what we do. And the, the followers of the band tell us where we're going right and going wrong. I know between um, Brian and Finbar, there may have been perceptions or expectations from an audience. Well, here we have a Dunphy and here we have a Clancy. Um, and uh, to that extent, uh, I suppose you guys never fell into the trap of being stereotyped. Yeah, it could have easily happened. Um, I think we were very mindful of that, um, that it didn't just, people didn't think, Asher, oh, sure, that's just their sons of whoever and their dads are, are well known or all that kind of stuff. And we were very careful not to kind of slip into that and, and you know, sort of go down that road. As, I mean, we some people thought that, but it, we were lucky in the sense that predominantly the, the larger amount of people thought that we could do it in our own right, which we could. We had the background. We had done our own thing. We paid our dues, whatever. And, um, yeah, so I think that really stood to us. I mean, it could have easily, as I said, folded after a few years because we would stick to that and lean on that as a crutch, but I never wanted to do that myself. So um, even now to this day, we, we tend to not get caught in that trap because in America, um, people still come up and they still think it's 2008. 
And, you know, we've moved on quite a bit now, as you know, from hearing the new album. But a lot of the stuff that we did at the start is very much part of the show, but we've kind of moved along as well. Right, right. And to that end, you mentioned that the audience in America, uh, oftentimes, again, for a group like you guys, uh, you will get more traction in North America than you might actually get in Ireland. Has that been the case for you? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, sometimes it depends. You know, when, when you release an album in Ireland, you have, like, you're bombarded with media. I mean, on the road not taken, about six, seven weeks ago, I think there was three days in a row, I think I did something like 30 interviews with radio and the independent and so all the major things. But it tends to kind of, if you don't keep at it, it tends to die off again, you know. We get the big stories and all that kind of thing. But for me personally, um, we, we don't get, a regional radio at home is fantastic to us. The WLRs, the KCLRs, you know, the Tip FMs, all of those fantastic we would not survive at home without them it's the national radio thing that really baffles me sometimes because we keep getting messages from people on our social media pages going well we requested you at late date we requested you at lyric and they don't play you so why don't they play you and we go we don't know we haven't a clue we're even getting played over here now with the new album and america has been amazing again without america i don't know would we be around to be quite honest it's it's been brilliant for us and continues to be so. And what we're seeing now in the last few years is younger generations coming along again and enjoying the music. And that's down to Instagram and TikTok and all these new social things that are going along. And it's the same in Germany, Belgium, Holland. We're going there after we do Canada. We seem to do better outside of, of our own home country. Now, we do okay at home. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. They're very, very good to us. But if we had more radio play, it'd be amazing. And I speak for everybody in the folk genre when they say that. It's just one of those things that needs to be fixed. And um, to that end, when it comes to the new album, and I know there's always a challenge, uh, particularly, I think, an awful lot of artists coming out of COVID, um, there was nearly a a, a kind of a a dam burst. And did you guys then have to struggle with uh, getting your space, be it in, in North America or wherever, because there was so much creativity came out at that time. Yeah, I mean, there was, and, and we were very mindful again. I think one of the first things we did when we when everything shut down in March 2020, we came home, we were very mindful not to kind of rest on our laurels and go, I'll see you whenever, lads. We, we were within a week, we were on Zoom calls with our management and label and everybody. We were like, let's not do this. Let's immediately start recording. I have a studio at home. I started sending out stuff to the lads keeping everybody on their toes and everything. Um, so we kept we kept stuff going like that. We kept hearing from people. We kept doing online shows. We were actually, funnily enough, we were the first band back. And that was in, I want to say, September 21. We did six weeks in the States. I was convinced we'd do no more than a week or two and something would happen. Somehow, miraculously, we did the six weeks and... We were the, we had to go through every loophole you can imagine to get over here. We had to, I can't, I don't even remember what the things were called. We had to go to the embassy and we had to get all sorts of certs and whatever. So many bands and artists didn't get it. We were the only one. Um, and I don't know whether we were lucky or what, but we were, we, we got through the six weeks and we came back and we went back again in February and March and everything was kind of back to normal at that point. So. Yeah, but I mean, it was all down to keeping it going online during that very dark mm-hmm. time. And uh, I think 
that was the main uh, little ingredient that everybody needed to have. So Darren, your initial albums would have been all traditional ballads and stuff, but you've all got your cre- creative side. Introducing new material, um, does that pre- present a challenge? Because again, there's often an expectation, and particularly in the North American audience, that they like to hear what they're familiar with. Yeah, it always is a challenge, Austin. And um, I think one of the things you do is you you can get a new song into a set like ours by making it sound like the older songs. And I think about 10 years ago, we did an album called Friends for Life, which was half and half originals and oldies. And there was a song on there called Oh Maggie um, that was very much in the older style. And we kind of slipped it in there in concerts before we recorded it. And then people started to go, oh, we don't know that one. Who sang that one? And we were like, well, I wrote it. And I played it for Sharon Shannon, who produced it. And she was like, that has to go on the record. And some of the songs on that album might have been a little bit too commercial for a first time out. But Oh Maggie is still in the set. Um, But even like with the new album, you have to be very careful that you don't go away from our core sound and our core audience. Mm -hmm. So you, you definitely have to have the High Kings element in there which is the old trad and the harmonies and the bit of tongue-in-cheek with the lyric and everything like that. So thankfully, somehow we managed it with this one and, and it's we're doing six songs from the album and the show and that's on pure demand from the audience over here. We should give some housekeeping details. So as if anybody is wanting to get to one of the four gigs in Ontario, um, that, uh, and including the one in Newfoundland, but the four in Ontario particularly. Uh, but you start in Newfoundland on the 19th and then on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd and 24th. So you got four nights in a row. You're, uh, but I think you're not having to travel too far. As far as it's, uh, it, it's a it's a nice area up there. Uh, you're up in Meaford, in Brantford, in Lindsay, and in Wingham, Ontario. And uh, tickets for that they are available on the High Kings website. Darren, you should give us all the social media places and web links that people should be going to. Yeah, well, it's uh, first of all the the website is uh, www.thehighkings.com. Um, at Instagram is at the High Kings official. Facebook is at the High Kings official, and Twitter is at the High Kings official. We're also on TikTok at the High Kings official, and we're still learning TikTok because that's very much for the kiddies. But we're getting in there, and we're trying not to make an idiot out of ourselves. Um, but you have to do the the different kind of funny things on TikTok. So we we tend to kind of go a little bit wild on that one. But um, it's very much a good tool for us as well. And a lot of kids um, are actually coming on board from that and. TikTok was actually where um, the remixes of Step It Out and Chasing Rainbows came from. And they both went top 10 at home in Ireland um, this summer, which is crazy again, because we're an album band, we're not a singles band. But we had two singles in the top 10 within six weeks of each other, which is right. crazy for us, which yeah. is really great. But thanks to the kiddies for making that happen. Right. And uh, so uh, other than that, then, uh, we haven't forgot to cover off anything. We're going to play a track of music. What are we going to play? Uh, I suppose Chasing Rainbows will be great. Darren Holden, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Thanks a million, and I know you'll have a wonderful time when you get to Ontario. Looking forward to it, Austin. Thanks for the chat. Really nice. Thank you.